Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media, and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels: The Hand Network. Check it round table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses r o s e s out of the snow o u t o f s n o w at gmail dot com, and you can support us also on Venmo. the The connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing my least favorite topic: conflict. Yeah, peeps. I don't like conflict. I really don't know a lot of people who do, but I think I avoid it probably more than most people I know. And you know, I've I've thought about it through life because you know, I really haven't had a tremendous amount of conflict that I personally have had to react to. I've had some that I've had um, to what do you call it passive rather than active issues in, but it's like. That I've just dealt with fallout from conflict, but not actually dealt with too much conflict myself with having to interact with it. But recently, I had some conflict arise in my in my business life, and I was like, "How do I do deal with this?" It also led me to kind of think about things and process things differently than usual. And also, I discovered quite a bit about myself that I hadn't really thought about when it came to conflict, because. Honestly, with my life, I've orchestrated my life and my living style and everything to try to be as minimally involved in conflict as possible. I'm sure there's a better way to say it, but anyway. So I don't really have too much conflict arise, and in my business life, I've hardly ever had conflict arise. I mean, I think the only times I can honestly say I had conflict situations were times when, like. One time I was working in an office, and this one person decided to talk about their personal life for like literally six to eight hours of an eight-hour shift at a time, and I'm sitting there trying to do my work, and their personal life is very, very fluid. That's just for that way. And I'm like, I really don't want to hear about this, and I don't really think we should be discussing this at work. But I also didn't want to tell this person this because I'm like, our boss is five. Five desks down. I'm guessing they can say something eventually. So you know, I think that that conflict was difficult because I really don't like getting involved in conflict. And if it's just regarding me, like if someone's just bugging me about something, like I'm going, 
I could put in music while I'm doing my paperwork here so I don't have to listen to this person. And other people are wearing headphones too, so this isn't going to seem culturally inappropriate. So I ended up doing that, but I do have to say like going home from work sometimes, I was living with Bob at the time, and I'd come in and I'd go, and she'd look at me and go, Gigi, you really just need to decompress and watch some Big Bang Theory because this person and their personal life is going to you. And I was like, you know, it really did. And not because like, it was mainly because the the way they were, they were hurting other people because they were like trying to date multiple people at the same time. And some people knew about it, some people didn't. And like, do you, do you realize how this is hurting those people who think that they have your heart and you have their heart, but yet you're you're dividing your heart, if you will, if you will, between multiple parties. And that was really that was really disconcerting because I'm going, yes, it doesn't affect me, but I couldn't help but think, you know, those poor people who think this person cares about them but is really, you know, caring about them with other people in mind, I think that's rather distressing especially since there was a lack of honesty in certain situations regarding this. So I have to say that took some decompressing. And I think that, you know, looking back, I would probably do things differently now than I would have handled it back then. And that I probably wouldn't have just sat there and let them talk endlessly about it. Because, you know, by the end of the day, that person thought we were in a great relationship. I was a really nice person. And nothing was wrong between us because I never said anything about this bothering me. Now, I think that if I had sat there and gone, I really don't like you discussing your relationships with multiple parties who either do or don't know that you're in a relationship with other people, because I don't think that's a work topic. I think that, you know, when we're at work, we can discuss work-oriented things. I think if I had said something like that, it wouldn't have offended them. They would sit there and go, oh, Anna doesn't like this. Okay, we, I won't do this around Anna. And I don't think it would have, because, you know, looking back at the person, I don't think that would have offended them at all. And it definitely would have saved me a lot of stress and undue inner angst, as it were, about this problem. So I'm going to have to say that. And the only other issue I ever had was, again, I was working in an office, different office at this time. And one person, whenever they would get mad, their desk was right behind mine. And they would literally kick my desk and it would shake mine and the other two desks on either side of me, the cubicles. And I handled that for about three days of them literally throwing their throwing their items on their desk and hitting the back of my desk and cubicle and shaking me and the other two people. But then I looked over and the other two people were doing this each time that person did that. And I was like, heck no. <laughs> I mean, I hardly ever have anything like that happen, but I think I, re I regard it as my great Scottish grandmother is rising from the ashes and going, no. And it's like something comes over me that I really am not in complete control of, but I'm okay with that. And I stood up and I went, oh. I mean, no offense. I never do that, peeps. I mean, the fact that I did that, but I was sitting there looking at these two other people hunkered down every time this person did that. And I was like, I don't care who you are. You do not have the right to shake three people's cubicles because you're having a bad day. If you need to quit work, if you need to go to a counseling session, please go be free. But you don't have the right to shake other people's cubicles because you're mad about whatever happened. 
And I'm like, I don't care if you even have a really good reason to be mad. This is not the way you behave. And I was just like, and I have to say, after that, that didn't happen again. That person didn't shake those cubicles. I didn't say anything. I just kind of looked at them and yeah. So I think those are the only two conflicts I had until recently when I had another conflict that was again because I didn't like how someone else was being treated and that conflict did not work out as positively as I hoped it would we we had a disagreement and I was like you know everybody has a side they have their side I have my side the sides are not going to match because we have very different viewpoints on how we see this now it wasn't that I wish that other party ill. It wasn't that I said anything like bad about that other party, except I don't think we should be having this where someone else could be being possibly treated in a bad way. Not saying the other party was, I'm just saying that because I was involved in the business venture, I would have been a part of that. And I'm like, I can't have someone else be possibly mistreated. It's just not something I'm even going to run the risk could happen to this person. And it wasn't about, you know, a big, huge deal. It was actually quite a small deal. But I think in the, the grand scheme of things, it led me to kind of have this self-revelation, as it were, because I ended up going to a business consulting session about this because I'm like, you know, I've never had any disagreements with people. Yes, I had the person who hit my desk. Yes, I had the person who talked endlessly about their poly relationships that they really didn't keep honest with other people. And that bothered me. But I never said anything. So ergo, we didn't have any conflict. And even if I had, I don't think now that would have really caused a conflict. It just would have been, oh, I didn't like this. But again, I'm going, I had never had this before. So I went to the business consulting session and the other party is like, Anna, I'm noticing that whenever you get upset about something, you usually get upset not because something happened to you, but because something happened to someone else who you think could possibly get hurt. And I'm like, yes, exactly. And they said, now, have you ever been upset about something that happened just to you? And I'm like, well, when that person talked endlessly about those relationships it bothered me because again I was thinking of other people who could be hurt and they're like Anna I think we need to work on not that this is a bad way or a good way or any way that you dealt with this but we need to work on the fact that maybe <laughs> you should maybe get upset when someone does something to you on occasion not because they're hurting other people because they said you know in your life you're going to have people that do nasty things. I'm like, yes, that's happened a time or two, but I've really just kind of let that slide because I don't think it's of that great of import because I'm in good health. I have a good life. It's not going to affect me in the future that much. But they're like, you know, Anna, maybe we need to evaluate this because you need to get to the point where, number one, you can deal with conflict with more less dread because I really do dread conflict I mean I look at it and go is there any way that we can avoid having this conflict and I will say like usually when I do deal with conflict like with this certain situation that just recently happened there have been several things that happened before this had happened that had kind of built up to this and then this was the like the final straw for me and I was like this I can't let go anymore and you know when I was living with Bob 
Bob came to me once and she sat down and, you know, Bob was full of really good wisdom, which comes to me at odd times. I'm, I'm very glad I knew Bob. But one of the things Bob said was she was like, Gigi, you handle conflict so differently than most people. You really need to think about this because she said, you know, you approach conflict with logic. She said, you approach conflict the way Spock would or Data would. You sit there and come out with a bullet pointed list of why this is bothering you, what exactly you think the problem is. And then you come to the other party and say, can you possibly refute this? Am I looking at this learner? And she said, you know, most people don't look at conflict with logic. They look at conflict with emotion. So you're coming to people who are really invested emotionally and you're coming with logic which they can't understand because you operate completely different than the opposite party does. And I was like, okay, but that really doesn't help me figure out how to operate with the opposite party who might be operating with emotion because I, in the same way they can't understand my logic, cannot understand their emotion. And you know, this really hasn't been the problem because like when I lived with Bob, Bob would sit there and if we ever did have a little kerfluffle, which I have to say was a rare occurrence because Bob was awesome and honestly, it was like we just didn't have a lot of disagreements. But if there was something that bothered me, I would usually wait like three months and see if it might iron itself out. And then I would come to Bob and I would say, this is what I think is the problem. I have I have tried to not say anything because I don't want a kerfuffle. And Bob would sit there and go, the bullet pointed list, you're so cute. And she'd sit there and go, this isn't, you misunderstood because you're so literal. And I'd sit there and go, yes, I did. And then we would talk about it. And then we would laugh and watch a Big Bang Theory. And I would sit there and go, why did I wait three freaking months when I could have just asked the girl and found out what the real issue was or what the real thing going on was? Because I'm like, I really do dread conflict. Now, I have to say that I think for me, the reason I dread conflict is I had a lot of volatility when I was growing up. And so conflict usually resulted in no resolution and people possibly getting hurt. So because of that, again, we go to the base. I'm sitting there going, the main reasons that I do get involved in conflict is if I think someone's getting hurt or if I'm if that has happened. It's never really because of me at all. I mean, and so talking with this business consultant, they were like, Anna, you need to work on not necessarily avoiding conflict because they said conflict is going to come up and you don't have a problem dealing with conflict when it comes up. You have a problem dreading conflict before it arises because you are so worried that this could end in disaster. And they said, yes, sometimes it's going to end in disaster. Sometimes you're not going to see eye to eye and that's okay. You can wish that person well, they can wish you well or not, and you can both move on with your lives. But they said, you know, you really need to work on looking at conflict as a means of understanding people better. And I was like, they said, because conflict isn't necessarily about understanding the situation so much as understanding where your head is at and where their head is at. I was like, you know, I was like, huh. So then I went to kind of study this a little more. And I went to Courier because I get a feed on like different things. And one was about like how 
neurotypicals versus atypicals. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of curious about this. I am kind of a neurotypical. I have not been tested for autism because the test is too freaking expensive in the States, but I do plan on getting tested when I move overseas and things are more reasonable. And I'm really guessing 99.9% .9 sure they're going to find out I'm autistic. But because of that, I approach life as a very rule-based situation where I'm very good at collaboration. I'm very good at working within certain rules. That doesn't mean that I don't sometimes do something that is outside of the rules, but if I do, it's because I didn't understand the rules properly and not because I was trying to bend or break the rules because I simply cannot work outside the box when it comes to certain things. So for example, fairness is really important to me. Um, trying to get along with others, uber important to me. Working well in a group, very important. Although I do have to say I'm very particular about what kind of groups I work with because I know that many people don't have the same viewpoints. And so I don't want to work in something where everyone's got a different opinion. And they're also not necessarily, because I think it's good to have different opinions, but they're combative about those opinions. Because I, again, don't like combat, don't like, don't like conflict at all. So we have this neurotypical framework where we really don't think outside the box too much when it comes to how we react to others or how we relate to others. I mean, I've related to people the same way since I was as long as I can remember. And I think that one of the interesting things about this that really helped me understand it better was I was thinking back and I'm going, you know, I've always been quite neurotypical in how I have these confidence. And I remember being a little kid and getting in trouble because I couldn't think outside the box on certain things. Because I was like, if no offense, but if one of the people I lived with did something that was considered possibly wrong by my box, I was like, I couldn't sit there and go, this is right. And it used to drive them up a wall. And I was like, I didn't really care that they did something that I considered wrong. I cared that they sat there and tried to make me say it was right, because that is something that I cannot do as a neurotypical. So I think, you know, I was thinking about that recently when I was reading this career, because they said, you know, neurotypicals are great at playing by the rules. But if you ever get into a situation with your atypical people who like to to try to do the rules, but if the rules don't fit their criteria, they're willing to change the rules a bit to, to do what they need to do. And I'm like, that's why I have a problem because I can't change the rules. I can't make things fit within a certain framework. And I'm going, my goodness, I'm 30 some years old and I just figured out why sometimes I have trouble because number one, I have her, I react when I think someone's being hurt big, big red flag moment for me. It's like if I think someone, whether they're an adult, whether a kid, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of anything, if I think someone's getting hurt, even if I don't really know them, that really doesn't matter at all. What matters is, oh my goodness, these people could be getting hurt. Oh, we must protect these people because they are human. Humans are important. Humans. <laughs> so anyway, you know, that's how I react. But what I realized is I'm like, and I also have to play by a framework. It's like A equals B, B equals C. And then realizing I'm working sometimes with people who B equals D and D equals E given certain confines. And I'm like, this is why we're having problems because the person who thinks B equals D is not going to see my A equals B. And that doesn't mean that either of us are wrong. It simply means 
that we have a very hard time relating to one another because we see the world so very differently. And it's like, if someone can come to me and logically go, Anna, A equals E, and show me that, I'm like, oh, okay, I can maybe get that. If you're sending it bullet points and logically show it. But if you come at me like with emotion or just say A equals E without giving me any kind of, um, any kind of framework, I'm going to sit there and go, what, what in the world? <laughs> I mean, no offense, but it really did help me because I'm like, I think that I, again, don't like conflict, but I have learned so much over the past month because I'm like, it's not really a bad thing when you have conflict. Yes, it can lead to a division. Yes, sometimes people get upset. And yes, sometimes you really can't, at least for the foreseeable future, work things out. But it has helped me realize that, you know, it's not that either party is wrong. It is simply that sometimes people see things so differently. And now I'm saying they're going, I finally understand why when I try to work with some individuals, the, the, the way that they plot things is so very different. And I'm like, I really can't plot things that way. And so it's really helped me to understand that it's not that either group thinks better or worse. It's just that for me, I'm like, I finally understand how my brain works and how other people's brain might work in how they might configure things when it comes to how they how they work, how they live, how they how they deal with conflict themselves. And it's really helped me to better approach life because I'm like, it doesn't mean that I'll ever be the kind of person that goes A equals E because I really can't see myself ever getting outside my box to achieve a goal because I think that goal is over worth more than the box. Because to me, the box is worth a lot. The box has kept me safe. The box has kept other people safe. Ergo, I'm going to stick with that box. But now I do understand how other people who are more comfortable outside the box, so to speak, might sit there and go, I'm going to do it this way so I can achieve this goal. And then I'll go back to the box. And I'm like, I get that thought process. I just can't go there myself because I'm like, the box is comfy. The box keeps me safe. The box keeps the people I care about safer. Ergo, the box is my lightness blanket, as it were. And also, it has helped me to realize that, you know, it's okay to let people know if something is uncomfortable to me. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest revelations because I had a, a repeat meeting with the person who I was doing the business consult with. They were like, Anna, I really think we should meet again because we need to talk about how you see things because I said, you see things so very differently than most people. And the fact that you've never had conflict because of you per se, but because of how you feel someone else is being hurt, is something that we really need to address because they said this could bother you in the future when it comes to business because you might let people just walk all over you which is not a good plan i mean they didn't say it that way but basically there's like hmm and you know it has let me to think about things differently because i'm like you know i'm really good at saying like if i think someone else is being hurt but i'm not really good at sitting there and going if i'm just the one being bothered i wouldn't have said something and now i'm like you know, maybe I should pull myself outside of myself and do the Unho glasses thing like in Romance is a bonus book and go, you know, Anna, someone is trying to hurt you. If you 
were another person and you, if you were another person being hurt and saw this happening, how would you react? I'm like, oh, darn, that's an interesting concept. And, you know, I think that that has been the most valuable lesson of the past few weeks because I'm like, I'm, again, I'm not glad for the conflict, but I'm really glad for what it taught me, for how it taught me how people approach one another, because I come at things very differently than other people come at things. Also, people have different backgrounds. For me, it's like I avoid it as much as possible. And maybe coming and dealing with something before it gets to the point that I feel is necessary to approach them. I'm like, maybe if I get a twinge that something might be a little not okay with me, I should say something then instead of waiting like literally a month or two before I say something like with the Bob situation. And then they just laugh and go, this wasn't what you thought. And I'm like, why did I wait so freaking long? But I think, you know, that has been very helpful. Also looking at things and going, because I am logical and because most people when they're mad are not as logical, it's very hard for me to sit there and deal with someone who might be dealing with it with emotion, dealing with it by going, da, 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 da. and I'm sitting there sitting calmly and going, you know, this is not the topic. We're going off on this when really this has nothing to do with the present situation. And not to be bad to that person at all, because I think, you know, when people get upset, it's easy for them to go on a totally unrelated tangent because it's a trigger, because they feel something's happening. They go, oh, this is about this. And I'm going, this really has nothing to do about this. This has to do with the current present situation. And yes, there might have been a couple of things last month or the month before that added up to develop to this. But this isn't about, you know, this situation, except to say that, you know, this is obviously the trigger that's reminding you of this in the same way that this is a build up to this to me, for me. But, you know, I think it's very hard to stay calm and to stay in peace when you're in conflict. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm working on because I'm going, I really want to live my life as conflict-free as possible. I think, you know, it's something, though, that we all have to deal with. And I think being around people who we can trust with our conflict, like, for example, when I lived with Bob, I really got to the point where I didn't really worry about approaching her with a certain issue. Now, it didn't mean that we didn't have conflict. It doesn't mean that we still don't have conflict. It just means that when Bob and I were living together for literally like 21 years, I didn't have to question my trust in her with my conflict. So if I had an issue, I could trust her. In the same way, I think, you know, if you're in a good romantic relationship or a good friendship, you can turn to that person and go, I have this issue. I'm trying to deal with it. I think this could be a part of it. Maybe it regards both of us. And then having that person trust you enough to know you don't have ill intentions. It's not that you're sitting there going, I'm judging you or I'm trying to make you look bad. You're sitting there going, I really am trying to get it to the point that we can work together better as a group or as two friends or two partners in this project. And I think that that really helps. I think, you know, with my best friend, I've often had situations where I maybe didn't agree with him. Not that we ever had conflict because honestly, we never have. But I would sit there and go, I really don't see it that way. And they go, it's okay, Anna. You don't have to see it that way. We can have differing viewpoints. I'm like, 
ah, that's nice. Because normally when I was like growing up, you couldn't have differing viewpoints. If you did, oh, heads would roll. So anyway, I'm like, to be in a situation where you can have friends or you can have relationships or you can have colleagues that you can sit there and go, we don't have to see it the same way. Now, it does mean on certain situations, like there's certain things that I can't really work around somebody who sees it a different way, just because it's certain things regarding business that I can't, I can't get outside my box on. But anyway, but when it comes to certain things, it's like with my best friend, there's been like at least three times that I have sit there and gone, literally six months later, oh my goodness, Russia Kesh was right. I have to tell him, I'm so sorry, you were right. <laughs> and he was just sitting there and go, I knew you'd come around. It just takes you a long time to process and gather the information and then to think about it till you arrive at your own consensus. And then it's okay. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you agreed, but I really don't care. And I'm like, yes, but I, I didn't realize this viewpoint was correct. And now that I logically see the point, I can agree with it. And they're like, yes, and your mind works very differently than most people. I'm like, it does. It's like I'm Spock and Dita's niece. I don't know how you would say that. But anyway, but that is what I've learned from conflict recently, is that conflict isn't bad. It's sometimes a bit of a warning sign for us to sit there and go, maybe we need to look at what's the trigger. For me, people getting hurt. When I maybe should also be looking and going, am I myself being hurt in some way? And I'm going, that is a new one for me because I'm really not good at looking at things that could bother me because I can take care of myself. I can handle things. And I'm like, but the point is, is maybe we shouldn't take the handles that we're given sometime because they're too freaking big for us to have to manage. And I'm like, that is, that is enlightening. Also looking at things and realizing that some people look at things very differently in how they progress in their logic than I do and how that can cause trouble because the thought processes are so very different and also logic and emotion coming into play. So I think that, you know, that is all good things to learn from conflict. Now, am I glad I had the conflict? In a way, as weird as it sounds, I am glad I had the conflict because I'm glad that it taught me why I think inside my box and also how it let me sit there and go, it's okay that I think this way inside my box. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong with the other person's outside the box thinking. It just means that I finally understand better why things are triggers, why things might be different in my mind than they are in someone else's. And also to sit there and go, doesn't mean my thought process is the right one, doesn't mean their thought process is the right one. It just means that we approach things differently and this can cause conflict. And how we resolve conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's like, I really hope in the end, the conflict that I had happened recently, it ends with, better ending than it currently has. But the other thing that I realize is even if conflict leads to people not agreeing or not being able to work together in certain capacities, it doesn't necessarily mean it ended badly. It simply means they ended, at least in that point in time, in a way that you maybe didn't want it to end. And to also sit there and go, it's okay. 
everything has a pattern. Everything has a a chance to be different. And I think that, you know, giving people space and also giving yourself space in certain situations is a good play. It doesn't mean that you have any ill toward the other person. It simply means that you both need to go and figure things out on your own sometimes so that you can be better equipped for life in general. And, you know, I think that's the, that's the best thing because I'm like, I really am in many ways grateful because it has taught me a tremendous amount about how I deal with things in the future. And I'm like, that's that's worth a lot. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I really don't like conflict still. I really want to avoid it like the plague. But now I know what my triggers are. And I also know why I approach things the way I am. Now, does that mean that I'm going to change my approach? Probably not. I've thought about it. Like, I really am a box person. I play by this kind of box. This is my box. This has kept me safe. This has kept other people safe. It's like, I also think that for people outside the box, it has kept them safe. It has kept their people safe. So I'm like, you know, it's not that out of the box or in the box is bad or good. It's just in how we've discovered what life works for us. And I think that that in and of itself is healthy. And I think that, you know, as we age, it's like we never stop learning. I would love to say that, you know, in my 30s, I have life all figured out. But I'm like, I don't have life figured out one bit. I'm still learning. I'm still developing. I'm still staying curious. And I think in one way, that's how my life is going to continue to be. Because the moment that we stop learning, the moment that we stop developing, the moment that we stop trying to figure things out, is the moment that we stagnate. And I'm like, I don't want to stagnate. I want to continue to learn. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to become who I'm supposed to be because I don't think that's going to ever finish until I leave for the next reality, whatever that is, when I'm 130. I'm up the edge. I'm like, I'm not living to be 120. I'm living to be 130 because I just found a whole bunch more of dramas I've got to watch. So anyway, but that is my podcast on conflict. I would love to hear about if you've had conflict, how you have found ways to better handle that conflict or approach it. Also, like what your triggers are, um, how you've figured out like what to avoid to have those triggers, how you deal with if you if you handle conflict with emotion, how you deal with people who handle it with um, logic, and how that approach works for you. You can drop us a line at rosesoutofthesnow at gmail.com. If you'd like to hear more podcasts on this subject, just let me know. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we're discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Roundtable, and also The Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website, that's onacar.com, that's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. 
you can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.